You're listening to Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, performers, composers, and kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it interesting and fun. Because music is for you. I'm your host, Darlene. And I'm your host, Rebecca Lane, director of Upper Beaches Music School. Let's cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music. I'm your co-host, Rebecca Lane. And I'm your co-host, Darlene. And today we're talking with Tanya, a singer with St. Jamestown Community Arts. Yeah, we're talking with Tanya about singing in choirs, online voice lessons, her plans for the future. And I think I heard that she's doing some work in conducting. We'll see. So let's get started. Hi, Tanya. Are you there? Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us your name, your age, your grade, and what instrument you play. All right. I'm Tanya, and I'm in grade 11, and I sing. I've done classical singing since I was a little girl. Started when I was six, and I did piano as well, and I just continued private lessons, and then I joined the choir when I was really little, and I really enjoyed that. And after that, I was invited to an event by St. Jamestown Community Arts, and I started singing with them since then. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that program is? Like, how much do you know about it, and what's been your involvement with St. Jamestown Community Arts? For sure. St. Jamestown Community Arts provides many different lessons, so singing, piano, violin, and they have the choir, which is really fun, and it's such a positive environment. We learn a lot of music at the choir, and they are really helpful, and they provide access to many different resources and provide different opportunities for many students, me as well. I've met so many new people through the organization and it's just been a super fun experience. That's fantastic. How long have you been involved with them? I started when I was about 10. I think I was in the choir for a couple years so I think it was two and after that I started singing singing at an event with them. I think it 2017 and then from then on till now I've been singing with them. Perfect yes and just for those listening St. Jamestown Community Arts is a program that's located in the neighborhood of St. Jamestown which is in Toronto Ontario so it's a wonderful organization that does lots of different arts programming for mostly kids and we're so happy that Tanya's here with us today representing them and to share her experience as well. How old were you when you started singing? I was six when I started singing. Were you six when you started taking lessons, or were you already singing before that, like around your house? I started singing around my house when I was about five, and then my parents were like, whoa, Um, so they sent me to singing lessons when I was six. Very cool. Okay, so now we've answered two questions, because that was sort of the next question. Did you always like singing around your house, with your family and friends, even before you started taking lessons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were obviously already enjoying it, and that's why your parents put you in. That's great. Okay. Tell us a bit about taking voice lessons online. Was that different from singing lessons in person? For sure, it's really different. The main issue with taking lessons online is you don't 
have in-person contact with your teacher and audio and all of that stuff is really important with singing lessons. But online, it takes a while to get used to. I think at first it's kind of hard, but I think we managed to get that sorted out and made sure our audio is right. We're able to see each other, hear each other clearly. And we use Zoom and the audio there is pretty great. So it's pretty much the same. I think you just go over all the stuff you need to do in your lesson. And if there's something that you can't really hear, what I did was send a recording of me singing so that my teacher can hear it more clearly and there isn't any much of an issue there. That's so smart because sometimes the audio isn't, uh, Zoom is great, but sometimes the audio isn't perfect. So you would record yourself singing and send it Mm -hmm. to your teacher so that they can hear a better quality version. Yeah. And Um, then did they talk about the feedback in your lesson or did they send it back to you through an email? How did that work? In the lesson is mainly how we would discuss it. It's much easier. We can go in depth with anything I need to correct and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Usually when I... I'm doing virtual school. Sometimes, like, there's legs. Usually it helps if you, like, turn off your video. Yeah, I get that. I think for my singing lessons, it's just me and my teacher. So it's just like a FaceTime call. I would just set up my device right beside my Wi-Fi and all of that. And I think lag is not that much of an issue. So we do have our cameras on, especially because we really need it when we're singing because my teacher needs to see me and see if my vowels are correct, if I seem relaxed and all of that plays a role in the entire lesson. That's a really cool point, actually, because Zara plays violin, and so do mm-hmm. I. And I know for a, that much anymore. you haven't been playing that much during the pandemic, but we will get back into it. And one of the things that happens a lot in lessons where people are playing an instrument that is outside of them instead of their voice mm-hmm. is, you know, the teachers talk about how they're standing or sitting and like how their hands are being placed on the piano or the instrument or whatever. What kinds of things come up in a voice lesson when the teacher is looking at you either in person or online? that is you know other than like you, you mentioned their your how your vowels look and you mentioned posture how does what does that all mean and what are they looking for yeah posture plays a huge role so you got to make sure you're standing up right and you have to be relaxed I think something that I've been working on is when you're tensed you're overworking your body and you're not making it easy for yourself to sing and another thing is abs So your abs play a huge role when you're singing and make sure that you're connected with your entire body and you can breathe easily. And that's really, really important when it comes to singing. And vowels, when you're singing, sometimes when you don't have the right vowels or the right shape, the sound doesn't sound correct or the words that you're singing don't come out as well as you would want to. And you would want a clear sound as possible. So having a nice open O vowel or when you're singing ah, like have it really long and open. I think uh, one thing my teacher really talks about is you're kind of speaking in a British accent when you're singing. It's You really need to focus on that and that really helps your sound flow beautifully. That's so cool. Dara, I, I have to ask you, do you know what abs are? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ask? 
What are abs? <laughs> so they're right here, like around your stomach, and that's the muscle right there. And I think you've probably seen people have a six-pack or four-pack, and that's just how people build their abs. So, like, the muscles on your stomach can get super strong, and so for some people, they get so strong that you can actually see them. Sometimes even, like, through their clothes, you can see oh, yeah. that their muscles are so strong there. And that helps you to, like, sit up straight. They're called core muscles also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having those muscles to be strong is important in singing, and it's important for a lot of, a lot of things, not just singing. Another thing that I was wondering if you understood, Zara, as we were talking, is the use of the word vowels, because you know what vowels are. But did you understand what Tanya meant when she said nope. vowels need to sound really good? So can you explain, maybe Tanya, you did a little bit already, but what do you mean when you say the word vowels? Because we are talking about the letters in the alphabet, but we're using that word a little bit differently. Yeah. Vowels, when you're singing a piece, for example, if you think if you're singing flower, let's say like that's a word in your piece. When you're singing it, it's different from when you're actually saying it. So I don't know if you'd want me to do a little demonstration, but if I wanted to sing flower, I would be like, if you were to say it, it would be flower. But when you're singing it, you don't want a closed sound. And that's kind of how we speak. We're not really opening our um, mouths when we're trying to say a word but you have to make sure you do that when you're singing so you have to have your mouth really open narrow so you have a perfect sound and that way the audience can hear you sing that vowel or that word beautifully so when you're singing the vowels take a lot longer time to sing than the consonants do okay Yeah. yeah does that make sense to you yeah And like you said, you sing in a British accent, so that those vowels sound really good when you're singing. Okay, let's move on. Ooh, this is a good question. We heard that you have started leading choirs. That sounds tricky. Is it online? How do you keep everyone together? Yeah, I have um, been helping the conductor at St. Jamestown Community Arts, and she's been giving me a lot of tips on how to teach little kids online especially. And what I do is I teach the alto part for a piece, and what you basically do is you have breakout rooms and you go in and it's you can't always see the other choir members but you just gotta assume and know that they're all paying attention and they usually are and you just sing your part and try to help them as much as possible and everyone's always muted so it's just me that's actually singing so I would sing and they would stop me if I have any questions go over a part and I'd also have to stop and make sure everyone's got it and we have the chat for that as well so they just quickly respond if anything and it is hard at times when everyone's speaking at once but everyone at the choir they really understand and they're eager to learn and it's just really fun and it's not super hard to manage so so far it's been pretty good oh that sounds so much fun are you learning how to conduct and everything as well i am basically learning how to teach music so it's one thing learning it but being able to help other people and go over music with them so just singing um, the music and i haven't gotten into actual conducting yet so that's something i think it would be much easier to learn in real life for sure you can't really conduct because we don't actually hear our students singing because they're muted but we just make sure we can help them go over their music and that's the main thing that mm-hmm. we do 
And do you make like practice tracks for them so that they can sing along with you? Yeah, for sure. And that's so important. And we actually um, let our students use them while they're actually taking videos of themselves um, when we combine their actual performance video. Yeah, to make those big montages of Mm -hmm. everyone singing together on Zoom. Okay, awesome. So are you getting close to being done with school and making plans for what you want to do when you graduate? What are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah, I'm in grade 11, so grade 12 next year. I'm going to start applying for universities soon, and I want to be a pediatrician. So a doctor is the the dream for me. But right now, I think just undergrad, getting all like the programs ready, I think that's what my goal is now. And a lot of different internships or anything that can really help me understand what university is going to be like for me. And I think that's the process that I'm having right now. Yeah, that is super amazing. How do you think music will be a part of your life when you're a doctor? Music is so important. I feel like it helps me connect with other people much easily. And I think being a doctor, you really need to have good communication skills. You have to empathize with your patients and connect. That's so important and making them feel safe. And I think music really has allowed me to do all of those things in real life, just being with other people. And I think music really helps with learning a lot because you're learning many different things and being able to perform or learn music. Sometimes it can be really complicated and I feel like if I've done that, then that can help me uh, with my work ethic or my learning skills or anything like that that I'll need when I do become a doctor. Yeah, because if you can learn music, you can pretty much learn anything. It uses so many different skills Mm -hmm. that they all transfer to other disciplines. Okay, this one now. Will you sing for us? For sure. I can do that. Thank you. So maybe before you, you're going to play a recording of something for us, which is perfect. Can you tell us a little bit about it before you play it? Yeah, I'll be singing Alma del Corre by Antonio Caldera. And this piece is beautiful. It's an Italian aria and it means soul of my heart. That's what Alma del Corre means. And it's just about how being faithful in a relationship is just really important and can get you through any difficulties you have. And it's just talking about a beautiful, loving relationship.
Thank you so much. What did you think, Sarah? That was good. Yeah. Were, is that the voice that you were expecting to hear? Not really. What were you expecting? <laughs> I don't know. You sound like so grown up when you're singing. I mean, you sound grown up when you're speaking too. You sound very mature. When you're singing, you sound like, you know, you could be a 30 year old woman singing, which is amazing to hear that kind of voice from a young person like that. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's time for a game of pasta or composer. This is a game where my mom says an Italian word, and we have to try to guess if it's it's a kind of pasta or the name of a composer. Do you have any questions before we dive into this highly intense and... It's not intense because there's no trophy. There's no trophy at the end. There's no prize. There's no medal, nothing. Yeah, I know. Well, Are like, you ready? I don't know. Well, this is actually a video you could put, like, a medal effect on. Oh, that would be fun. We could show you wearing a, a medal. Like there's, there's no winner. That's the thing. Because if there's, a, there's like an effect or something, you could put the effect... The effect of wearing a medal. That would be fun. Yeah, there would just be like a fake handmade medal. Okay, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, this is going to be great. Make sure I can't see. I'm going to make sure you can't see, Zara. I don't want any cheating. I'm going to try to make it hard because obviously you were just singing an Italian opera, so you must know some Italian composers. The first one is Pierluigi. Is it a pasta? Or a composer. Pierluigi. You choose pasta. What do you think, Tanya? I'm going to go with composer. Pierluigi is indeed a composer, and his full name is Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina. And if I had said Palestrina, some more people might have known who that is, because Palestrina is a pretty famous composer, but one of his names is Pierluigi. Oh, I saw a picture of a pasta, so I thought it was... So you tried to cheat, and it didn't work? (laughs) It threw you off? You can't cheat, because I might have changed screens. Okay. Ready, Zara? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, you're not looking. That's right. Okay. (laughs) The next one is penne. Penne. Pasta or composer? Pasta. I'm going to say pasta, too. It is definitely a pasta. You both are correct. Very good. Okay. The final one. The third Italian word is monti. Monti. M-O-N-T-I. Composer. Composer for you? I'm going to go with composer, too. You are both correct. Monty is a composer. Vittorio Monty. I feel like we've, we've used that one already. In, no. No? You've never heard of that before? That is all for Pasta or Composer, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today. And Tanya, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Best of luck as you move into exciting things in music and beyond. Thank you so much for having me today. It was a pleasure. See you next time on Kids Cue the Music. listening to Kids Cue the Music. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with other kids you think would love it. I'm Zora Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. Talk to you next time on Kids Cue the Music.